This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio and another Town Hall Academy, the first one for 2023. Welcome aboard. We are excited to bring you another, you know, weekly series here called the Town Hall Academy, which is a single subject forum. We tear apart a single subject each and every week with my panel. I'd love to introduce you to them right now. Frank Scandura. Frank's European, Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. And coach uh, with Transformers. Frank, good to see you, man. Thank you, sir. It's great to be here. Yeah. All right. John's Automotive, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Hey, Al. Hi, Carm. Good to see Thanks you, buddy. for having me. Oh, I'm glad you're here. And Jimmy Aloria, 3A Automotive and Diesel Repair, Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, uh, thanks so much to our, our great sponsors here on the show. Does anyone really enjoy playing phone tag? Well, you know, the callback will come back at exactly the worst time. Instead, share repair orders in any level of detail via Shopware's exclusive messenger platform with a live chat. Absolutely. On the web at getshopware.com. And did you clean the fuel tank the last time you replaced a fuel pump? Yeah, clean the fuel tank. Contamination buildup in the tank not only impacts the vehicle's performance, but it can also damage the fuel pump. Clean the fuel tank in five minutes with Delphi Technologies Fuel Tank Cleaning Tool. Learn more from my friends at DelphiAftermarket.com. Here's the, the talking points that I hope we cover and the reason that you're here listening. The past is familiar, like your favorite sneakers, and you want to put them on because it's comfortable. And sometimes having that comfort doesn't make you a better leader or grow a better business. So we believe inside our hearts that our habits are probably good. And all of a sudden says, wow, I got through the day and all that good stuff happened. It may not necessarily be good. They may be bad habits. And great leaders know how to stretch to learn new ways. We hope to cover that today. And how do things just last uh, from last quarter into next quarter, and you just may be uh, on a straight line and not really looking at your numbers and looking what necessarily is good and is up. And are we ready for creation mode? Are you a perpetual student? Are you ready to put your business into a, a brand new zone? So let's start with Al. Al, I want to give you the first discussion point. Uh, we have to take care of ourselves. And I think that's a critical component to looking in the future, are we strong? Are we healthy? Are we mentally fit? You know, and uh, all of that makes for good leadership. Hundred uh, percent. You know, as as Carmen and I have talked several times a few years ago, three years ago, I guess it was at forty eight years old, suffered a heart attack. Since that time, I've really had to let go of some of the old habits and eat right, things like that. But our lives get so busy as shop owners. Uh, you, you got a hundred things going, and you know we. All of a sudden, it's, it's lunchtime and we don't eat or we don't eat right or it's a grab a fast food. And I've cut a lot of that, you know, as far as the past, I had to cut fast food and stuff out. I don't eat hardly any fast food anymore. But, you know, we really need to sit back and think, are we taking care of ourselves? Because if we're not taking care of ourselves, as I went through, you know, I thought I was I was in great shape I, uh, and it hit. And the next thing you know, I've, I've got shop owners that are friends of mine uh, throughout the Midwest Auto Care, things like that, that are offering to run my shop, things like that. But it's one of those deals that we kind of take for granted. You know, oh, you know, I'm okay. I, I don't maybe not feel right, but I'm okay. And physically, we're not. And it's a tough deal. It's a tough deal to go through. I was 48 years old and, and went through it. And uh, 
you know, like I say, letting go of the past and old habits, the things that really um, we don't think about every day. Basically, the title of this show is Forget the Past, Focus on the Future. But in your particular case, the past and what happened to your health is paramount to the things you're going to do. So I'm not saying that we have to forget the past, maybe forget about where we got and how maybe we're struggling. But from a health perspective, I think we got to pay attention to that, right? Yeah, you just make some changes. It's like you, once something like that happens, I can tell you firsthand that it really is an eye-opening experience. And, and you really think, man, maybe I should be doing this. Maybe I, you know, and I, and I was one that, you know, I thought I was on my feet all the time. I'm up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm at the shop, I'm walking through the shop. I'm go, go, go all the time. I've got three children that I'm at their activities. And, you know, I thought, okay, exercise. Do you exercise? Yeah, I exercise. I'm walking around the shop. That's not exercise compared to, you know, what the doctors think. You know, they, they want you on a treadmill or getting your heart rate up enough that it's, and, you know, I wasn't overweight. I wasn't, it's just the things that you don't think about. Okay, focus on the future. Be healthy, Frank. Do you uh, agree to that? You know, I do. And as I get closer to 100, it becomes more of a forethought. Stop a minute. (laughs) I'm sorry. I am so unrelated to that. Closer to 100, closer to the end, right? Well, I did the tape measure exercise, Karm, with my wife, you know, when she was looking at concert tickets and said, no, they're too expensive. And I went and got the tape measure out. My island in my kitchen's 10 feet. And I said, here we are. Let's let's be generous and say 85 is the end. Point on your age. If not now, when? And, uh, you know, it was very eye-opening for her. And uh, I've been trying to lose weight for a couple of months, and I thought I was working really hard at it. But then I realized that wishful thinking doesn't count. I'm really not working at it. And I think 23 has to be the year where I really make a big difference. So our church is starting a fast next week. I'm going to use that opportunity to reset. And then, uh, you know, let's get uh, things rolling here. And here's a perfect example of every single person you know has something going on in their life you have no clue about, right? And here's to forget the past part, right? Don't focus on, and I'll use you as an example. Oh, I had a heart attack. I can't go out. I can't go for a walk. I can't do this, right? That's that's not forgetting the past. You forget your limitations and do what you have to do to be healthy and move forward. Exactly. What a great point. Uh, Jimmy, you're on the young side of 50, I bet. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, 40. I'll be 48 this year, 47. About the same age as Jimmy, right? Yeah, yeah I'll be 51 in March. All right, so you guys are midlife. I mean, we would have never thought years ago that 50 would be midlife, you know, Frank? Well, as Frank Frank said, you know, I I looked at it that way, too. I said, you know, now that I'm 50, there's a lot more people on the underside of 50 than there are on the overside. So, (laughs) Carm, you and I were probably both guilty of thinking 50 was like ancient and one foot in the grave when we were kids. And And I know I did. And, you know, it's like, it's like, all right, I'll be in 20 days, I'll be 61. And it's like. I got a ways to go, man. I'm not I'm not ready to hang up my uh, life. Frank, when I was that age, I had five stents. So Al and I, Al has two stents, and I talked to him this morning, and I say, you and I have to do an episode on this surviving, the, these heart issues. And when I look back at when that happened and where I am today and all the drugs I was on and all the drugs that I'm not on today and that I'm on the treadmill every day and those kinds of changes, we're turning this into a health episode. Isn't that interesting? And maybe that's what this topic's about. Forget the past, focus on the future. And, you know, focusing on the future is probably health. 
and diet and family and people and leadership and, oh my God, let's go down the list. And let's put it this way. We've done some great episodes on the Aftermarket Radio Network on 2023 and insights and, and, and stuff. And I'm bringing the, the entire team from Aftermarket Radio Network together and we're going to talk about 2023 predictions and ideas. You cannot go into January, have January end without you thinking about what you've done, what you, where you're going, and how I think you're going to navigate some of the challenges that we're going to have this year, like no year in the past. In 2020 and 2021, as far as COVID and the nonsense, I think it's going to be a very interesting year as it relates to economy and people spending money and recession. 18,000 layoffs at Amazon, I read today. No paycheck, unemployment, they don't have to drive to work. I'm believing that our industry is recession-proof as we are. I think we're going to have a few challenges again to the people that aren't paying attention, which is why we're here. We teach. We try to advance the aftermarket. So, uh, Frank, um, the future from your perspective and paying attention to technology today, it seems to be traveling at such a fast pace. Faster than ever before in our lives. I I can remember when electronic ignition first came out and then the next big thing was, you know, like built-in voltage regulators and electronic things coming and trickling in and things are happening so fast. Now it's, it's really difficult to keep up with it to the point where if you don't have a subscription to the right information, you're going to miss out on service bulletins and, and parts updates and being a a world of hurt. You know, we just did a camshaft on a Volkswagen that was updated, but the information that we had didn't show that the solenoid bolt was opposite threads in the updated camshaft. So, you know, here here we are wasting time chasing our trails, trying to figure out what went wrong, just to realize that we had missed something somewhere or somebody missed something somewhere, whether it was the manufacturer forgot to mention it or something in a parts information. But th- that's just, you know, there, you know, it's, we're in this world of there was nothing wrong with the way we built it before. So we just made it better with the manufacturers. And, and I think they're trying to make it really difficult on the aftermarket because they're being forced to do, uh, you know, all the right to repair stuff coming up and access to information and fuel injection technology, uh, fuel delivery technology, camshafts, turbochargers, sensors of things that I never could have imagined. Oil pressure sensors on, you know, pulse width modulated oil pumps. I mean, it's just mind boggling. Stop start technology. What are we going to see in that? It's just so much going on. It happens so fast that we really have to be more aware of it and more prepared for it. The industry has changed. And, you know, as I grew up and when I started in this industry 23 years ago, the whole model was, you know, one or two people in the office, you know, four or five people out in the back. And uh, I just don't see that model working anymore. There's, you need too much support staff to number one, deliver the customer service that's expected, you know, of us in the industry. Um, you know, having a service advisor, you know, we, we don't have just a service advisor anymore. We, we've broken that piece up into four different positions. You know, we've got a customer service rep. We've got two service advisors. We've got a parts manager and we're, you know, we're running six technicians and those technicians, you know, have to have a service manager who's overseeing them to coach them and guide them through the problems with, like what Frank was just saying, these technology problems, who's going to sit down and research to find out, you know, you got some weird stuff that, look, in the independent, we see stuff that we see hundreds of different models a month. And so who's going to sit down and do the research to find out what the answer is or what we need to do? 
I mean, we still work on a, on a hybrid flat rate system. You can't expect somebody who's working, you know, on a commission basis to be able to do that research and have all those answers. Um, it is quite a different model today on what is actually going to make a shop function and get these guys to produce what we need them to produce in order to be viable. I got to ask you a question. Uh, there's people sitting uh, on the sidelines, listening, driving uh, in their shower, whatever they do to listen to this show. And they're probably saying, Jesus, Jimmy, you're not making any money having that many people. And so I want to ask an important question. And that is, you didn't hire them all at one time. You probably brought on somebody, assimilated them into the business, figured out how to make the money you thought you were going to with them. And you kept growing and adding and growing and adding, but never stopping to sacrifice your profitability. Am I right? Exactly. The thing is, is you got to start looking at like, okay, we should know our break-even point. And you add somebody, let's say you add a service advisor I'll say, so you add another 10% of overhead. Okay, well, looking at that, if you add that person, a service advisor should produce at least 10 times what you're paying them. You know, and what I started looking at was not necessarily the cost of that service advisor. If it's, let's say it's $80,000 a year, it's not the cost of the service advisor that we should be focusing on. The biggest expense in your shop is not that cost. The biggest expense in your shop is the difference between what you are currently doing and what you could or should be doing. So you start adding that number up. If you added another service advisor you know, to your team, could you do another twenty or thirty or forty thousand dollars a month in sales? You know, and that guy that costs you six, seven, eight thousand dollars a month now all of a sudden, you know, doubles, triples the revenue. The numbers take care of themselves on that. Makes all kinds of sense. Guys, let me challenge your thinking. Uh, I want to add a parts person. How do I justify that person? Same way. And I teach what Jimmy's talking about. Get out of your small thinking, first of all, and stop saying, I can't afford to, and then fill in the blank. If I need to add a parts person, what is that pay going to be? Let's say I'm going to use round numbers, 50 grand a year. If I divide that by my gross profit percentage, it'll tell me how much I need to do in sales to get that revenue. Step one. Step two, I take that number and I do a little bit of math. And I know we all hate math. And I can figure out how many more hours I need to produce to get the, to those sales. Same staff. Now, unless you guys were already ripping at 70, 75 hours a week, which I doubt because you're thinking of a parts guy to help fill in gaps and, and make things more efficient. It's not hard to realize that if the techs have the parts quicker and they have the right parts more often, I can get a couple more tenths per job in efficiency, and that will more than pay for this additional staff. And I look at it too. Like I, I learned the parts manager's position because a few years back, I mean, I'm not a technician and I never was a service advisor for more than a few months at a time. And I had to sit in the hot seat and all of a sudden I'm ordering, I'm trying to do estimates and I cannot get an estimate done because the phone's ringing. People are walking in the front door and how long does it take to get the right part for the job, get it delivered, make sure, because that's part of your efficiency. Yeah. You start looking at a, that, that parts manager our parts manager is full-time busy between ordering parts and getting everything estimated in a timely fashion, getting the parts there to arrive on time. Now, all of a sudden, you throw in the fact that you're trying to grow your company and the customer walks in or somebody, that service advisor, look, we got to spend, we might have to spend 10, 20 minutes with a new customer to get them to come into the shop. Well, if that conversation's going on and you've got two technicians in the back waiting for that estimate to be put together and those parts to be ordered, which one is he supposed to do? You know, it's, there's hidden costs here in not having the, an organization set up so that you have support staff to keep the things rolling. 
If you run more than one shop, you know how vital it is to keep up with how each one is performing. But it can drive you crazy to log in and out of each shop's database as you try to compare KPIs. Well, look, stop making it hard. With Shopware's advanced analytics, you can easily pull all that data into one report. Heck, you can even set up the system to pump it out in a graph or a chart and then email it to you anytime you want. Why tax your brain before you even start looking for trends and wins to celebrate? Let the computer do the work for you. Spend less time sifting through pages of numbers. Now, once you see your business's potential right in front of you, you can take steps to make it even better. And then you can take a night off to enjoy the time you just won back. Benefit, go with the team that created DVX. My friends at GetShopware.com. As the trusted aftermarket brand for over 100 years, Delphi Technologies is by your side for every step of the repair process. The Delphi journey doesn't stop once the parts are ordered. Wherever your journey takes you, our quality parts gives you ease of mind when getting your customer's vehicle back on the road. Technicians know and trust Delphi as a quality brand. Each product undergoes rigorous testing to not only meet OE standards, but also enhance it in each opportunity. From 700 hours of spray testing on chassis components to fuel pumps tested for reliability up to 150,000 miles. And safety and reliability is paramount to help vehicles drive cleaner, better, and further throughout their lives. Delphi is also committed in developing products and services to prepare technicians for the future. Take advantage of how-to videos on YouTube, technician-led trainings, and our technical support line, and more. Turn to the aftermarket parts supplier with over 100 years of OEM trust and quality. Learn more about Delphi. Visit DelphiAftermarket.com. I've done this in my business in the past, turned off the lights, you know, put on the night lights and stood around and rewound the day in my mind. You know, what was going on? What were bottlenecks? You know, how did it flow? And all I could think about is you're on the phone for 10 minutes convincing the customer to make an appointment or to come in and the business is on pause. That's what you were telling me in my mind. I was envisioning if you were just going down on the floor and watching what's going on and realize you don't really know what the big pause is doing to like jam up the highway at rush hour traffic to a point. Can you put a dollar number on it? You sure can, Frank, because you can look at the efficiency numbers, right? And your point was great. If I could get a tenth or something here, look at I could pay for this individual because now instead of doing 10 cars a day, we did 15. It's really, really simple math. And for you smaller guys who think, well, I'm not big enough to have a parts guy, I guarantee you're probably big enough to have a second advisor slash helper who doesn't need to be a full-time service advisor, but can certainly take a lot of those parts responsibilities. And that's how I did it way back, you know, 20 years ago with, you know, three tags. I needed somebody to help the advisor was the real priority. And what should that person be doing? Okay, you know what? If you order the parts and you checked in the parts and you made sure the cores are being returned and you made sure those parts were delivered to the technician shelf, that should help everybody. And then that was kind of an accidental discovery for me on how much more efficient we could be. You know, there's nothing worse than a technician standing up in the lobby while a 
an advisor speaking to a customer going, dude, where's my parts? And they're sitting on some shelf because the parts guys came and dropped them over there. And here's this big pile. That's not only that, you gotta, you gotta look at the, even the dollars that are sitting there. If you don't have a parts person and the cores don't get put back or the returns don't get put back. You know, I, I was in the parts sales industry for a few years, just before I came back into a shop and you'd be surprised the number of shops you walk into and there's stuff that they have no idea where it came from. This is thrown on a shelf and the dollars that are sitting there as far as core returns and things like that, they get overlooked. A lot of us get where, as I said earlier, we have these old ways of doing things and, and, um, I've always said my way is not always the best way or my ideas aren't always best. And especially now with technology uh, the things that have changed, it's like going from a paper inspection to a digital inspection. You know, when we, when we first did that several years ago, for the first two years, probably we, we had the tablets and never really uh, utilized them. And next thing you know, I had did some training, got the guys involved in it. And now all of a sudden we use them every vehicle, every time. It's that change of, especially if you have, you know, in my case, I have a technician that's, close to retirement age, not the most tech savvy and, you know, trying to get them to buy into it. And once you do, the results are, are huge because they see that what we do with a, with a repair order, with an inspection and without one, without a digital inspection was huge, but it was a big change. And we can't be afraid of that. And it doesn't matter, you know, the way we used to do an oil change versus the way we do now, or the way we used to do brake jobs versus the way we do now. You cannot be afraid of that change. And it's, it's hard to get over that hump sometimes. Everybody hates change. The only constant in life is change. <laughs> Face it. I personally like change. I like new. I like exciting. I like to be challenged. When I'm not challenged, I get stir crazy. Drives my wife crazy. She goes, oh, there he goes. Another squirrel he's out going after. It's like, you know, oh, another shiny penny he's going after. I said, no, 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 it's not true. It's just, you know, I'm going to come up with a reason why I'm doing it. But I do like change. I like being innovative. We hired a service advisor and we spent a lot of time explaining our technology and why we do it, right? Because everybody needs the why. It helps them understand. And his first few days at work was, I don't understand why I can't just walk around with my pad. I want to just write things down. I don't know why we're doing this. Why is Frank reinventing the wheel? I think three days he was gone. I said, no, you know, we prepared you for this in the onboarding process. We prepared you for this in the interview process. And you're already coming against the technology and not embracing it and not having an open mind about it. This isn't the right shop for you. Thanks for stopping by. Sorry it didn't work out. I was always an individual. Guys went to a seminar and came back and they go, oh, geez. Carm just went to a seminar and he's having a meeting and we're going to have to change something tomorrow. Oh, I don't even want to hear about it. Will you stop going to meetings? Will you stop reading stuff? <laughs> and that was way before we were doing things online. And today there's so much incoming. Please don't be bashful on wanting to learn and test and drive new ideas. And if, frankly, a good leader is going to say to their people, hey, I read something about this. What do you guys think about it? Instead of trying to force the change, get the change to pull from the bottom. Okay. Now, Jimmy, let's talk about this great thing about creating unicorns instead of trying to hire one. And to me, I think that goes about focusing on the future today. We know where we're at, right? Yeah. We're in a, a different place now. And, you know, if we, if we try to operate like we did in the past and, and just going out and trying to find that, that special A tech that used to be available, 
we're going to have empty empty bays for quite a bit of the year. And, you know, with the best of intentions, the best in, of recruitment, we've got to be looking at, and we've talked about it, and there's a lot of shops that are doing a decent job at the apprenticeship programs, but we really need to take it serious and 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 build our own. And, and one of the things that we did this year was that we just hired somebody strictly as, I mean, their, their, their title is, is shop foreman, but all they're doing is solving problems and, and training technicians. And they're, you know, they're an industry veteran, but they're the one that has the 30 years of experience and they can guide the guys in the right direction and coach them and train them. And it's a quality point for us as well. So we've talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. It's here. If we don't, we're not going to be able to grow. And as these older technicians start retiring and demanding more, we're not going to be able to, to keep up. So it is, it's something that has to be part of the, of the, the strategy. You know, the, it's, the recruiting is always, you're always recruiting. You always have to be recruiting, but now it's got to be a training. There's got to be one of our big things in our strategic plan this year is getting back to the weekly trainings and then bringing somebody into our shop quarterly and bringing other shops together to bring these top rated technician trainers in but it's got to be constant. We've got to build these guys up to ATEX. So, guys, let me ask this question. Uh, are ATEX made? And so that goes uh, focusing on the future, that we cannot ignore the fact that we have some responsibility to help that individual to create a training resume to be sure that we're hovering over to look at the kind of training they're taking and the challenges that they're experiencing. And I love the idea, Jimmy, that your shop foreman is that kind of individual that's going out there helping to make and or keep techs at a higher level. It's got to be their job is to, to, to be the one that the technicians aren't afraid to go ask questions and say, hey, I'm, I'm stuck. Or there's a learning uh, experience. Okay, well, let's let them not do it for them because that, then they're never going to be capable. But, you know, we've got a weird issue going on with, with a Subaru right now. And it's a, it's a learning experience. Is it costing us money? Yeah, it's costing us money. And I see that, uh, that thing out there and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? Co-? But at the same time, you know, with that mentorship and training, okay, where, where is the problem? Now, how will they learn from this experience so that next time we're doing heads on a Subaru that we don't run into the same problem? There's all kinds of those learning experiences every single day in the shop. But do you have somebody that can take the time with these guys that are in their 20s and early 30s that don't have the 30 years of experience to actually turn that into a learning a, a learning experience without the stress that goes along with the job's got to leave, the job's got to leave, I'll take him off of it, put this person on there, and nobody learns anything. And then people get discouraged, right? Then you get young techs who are discouraged. So the other side of that is grace. Let's not forget we need grace when somebody does make a mistake because, you know, they thought they were doing the right thing. So that's one thing I was just going to say, too, is that, you know, that learning experience. And, and that's another thing that we, you know, another change that in the last two to three years, even the way we do training, the way, you know, now there's virtual training. And I know I get feedback sometimes from people that, you know, the virtual training's not, you know, I don't, I don't like the virtual training, but it's still very important that we do that. But that's another change that we've made. And the learning experience has to be there. I, I mean, I've sat and watched guys, Jimmy, I don't have that shop foreman guy. I mean, I've got, you know, myself in that role a little bit where I'm out in the shop because I've got, I'm blessed with a very good service writer. So, but, you know, I, I think back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier is the time that we spend 
as service riders or if you're at the front counter, just looking to see to make sure we're getting the right fluids. I mean, how many options are there for fluids now? So we're spending so much time looking, you know, it may take five, 10 minutes, uh, you know, looking at your software to see, let's make sure we get the right oil. Let's make sure we get the right transmission fluid. Let's make, there's so much more time involved in doing that estimate. You know, if you don't have that shop form, and I've had experience myself where I knew one of my technicians was making a mistake. And it was kind of a joking matter afterwards, but he said, did you really just sit there and watch me do that? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, why would you? And I said, because did you learn from it? He's like, yeah, I'll never do it again. I said, well, that's why I did that. You know, and sometimes you have to let that, you know, as you said, yeah, sometimes it costs us money. Sometimes it's, you know, you're, you're pulling your hair out, but there's certain things that we have to sometimes let them, as you said, not do it for them. Let them struggle a little bit. The problem we I think we see sometimes too is that a lot of the technicians have that ego. So they're afraid to ask for help. And that's one thing I've always said. I have to have a very open door policy and be very open minded. You know, I did some, some uh, substitute teaching at one of our community colleges. And to see those kids come in, first year students, that it may be the first time they've ever, I mean, I'm, I, and I'll never forget it. They opened up the toolbox and they're like, wow. You know, but they're guys that are getting into this you know, we all have to start somewhere and, and it's how you learn and how you mold that person from being a general service tech to an A tech. Thank you for that, Al. I appreciate that. And this whole fluid thing, what's interesting is we have an episode coming out on the 17th of January with the people from Ortho. Anyone heard of Ortho yet? Yeah, we do some. All right. So Frank, I think you were one of the guys in the early days that were working with them. I mean, I find it so interesting is, hey, Ortho, what's the fluid that goes into this? Wow. Let, let me see. Let me take my mouse. Let me navigate here or there or just ask someone kind of, if you will, like Alexa and just speak into an Ortho has this this automotive uh, intelligence built in. Wait till you hear that episode. It'll be great. Jimmy, I want to go talking about the fact that I know I've got to change. I want to focus on the future and let me see what this year looked like. And I got to wait for another spreadsheet. And maybe if I have a different view of that and I, let me see if I sort it this way and I filter it this way and I talk to my coach and now it's, uh, it's May and I haven't done anything. Do we sometimes overanalyze stuff? I could say that I'm probably that is guilty of that and, and wanting to prove things out so conclusively that, you know, you get into that point where you're, you're paralyzed in making decisions or taking a chance on something instead of just looking at the numbers and saying, this makes sense. Even if it's for, you know, uh, somebody that you're looking to hire, it's like, maybe there's somebody that you passed on a year ago or somebody that, that used to work for you a few years ago. And, you know, it's like, but they fit the bill now. Maybe things change. People change. We're in times right now where it's going to take some adapting. Like, like, you know, this whole episode is about forget the past and, and focus on the future. Well, the future's, you know, it's pretty interesting right now. And if we are, if we are waiting to invest in that equipment that we really need or hire the, the personal trainer for the technicians or to actually go out and, you know, find a coach to help you take your shop to the next level, you, you never make any change. And then you're a year down the road and nothing's changed. And I, I believe, and I think every, all of us would agree, yeah, this coming year and the next couple of years, we, there's, there's likely going to be some things that are coming our way that maybe we're not expecting. Uh, but at the same time, this is the greatest opportunity that I've been in this business. This is my 23rd year. 
I've never been more excited about the auto repair industry than right now. We've got so many, it was, it's the perfect storm right now. We are going to have to make some changes. And if we overanalyze, you know, every single thing we do and we don't make the changes, we're going to be left in the dust. Take the tsunami of change, let it come in, feel it, analyze it, observe it, and then mount your pushback mount your absorption, mount your change attitude. Don't say, oh, every time something happens, every time something changes, puts you in a place you don't want to be at. Take it in, absorb it, do something with it. Talk to your somebody in your network, coaching group, 20 group, and, and just throw this stuff up on the table. But don't procrastinate. If it's hitting you hard, then you got hit hard back. And the truth is, is that we get stuck in losses and, and the past is, is, is why we won't make a decision. But if you really think about it, you, you, you think about it from yourself as an owner, as a manager, 99% of the time when you make a decision, it's the right decision. The things that, that stick to you, the things that are sticking to you in the past are those 1%, 2% times that you made the wrong decision. You hired the wrong person, you know, and that's what we got to, we got to get our attention off of the wrong decision and think about all the right decisions that we've made. I just want to say, you know, that as Jimmy was one thing, I just kind of picked up that something that was a, a very good friend of mine, a fellow shop owner that a lot of you know, kind of said to me a long time ago that has always stuck is do something. It's better than nothing. If you don't do, I mean, even if it's wrong, do something because we all, like Jimmy said, we always can dwell on the past and, and think, you know, maybe I should have hired this person or maybe, man, I, I hired the wrong person or I did this or I did that. You know, it's, it's never too late to change. And do something, don't do nothing. All right, there's the overused term, hire slow, fire fast in that particular case. Jimmy, any final word, my friend? Yeah, you know, I think right now is the time to get engaged, get engaged in your business, hire that coach, get involved with your local associations, you know, whether you're with ASA or your your local organization, go to the conferences and, and get really engaged in this business right now. It is such a great opportunity. And, you know, that confidence that you get from those things and networking with other shops that are feeling your pain, the confidence that you have as an owner, as a manager, you're going to pull in the right pieces to the puzzle with that confidence. People are attracted to confidence and uh, now's the time to really hone in those skills. So agree with you. Uh, Tracy and I are going to be at a conference, the Institute's Summit, January 31st through February 3rd in St. Petersburg, Florida. We are the Institute.com is where you can get all the information on that. We're looking forward to that. Frank Scandura, uh, I will give you the last, uh, the last word here. Thank you, Carmen. Appreciate it. Forgetting past hurts, kind of touched on that a little bit. We can get so bogged down. And I call it our box of rocks, right? I have a sister who has a box of rocks. And every time something comes up in her life, for the reason she can't move forward is this rock happened to me. Don't forget this rock happened. Hey, this rock happened to me. And it really comes down to put down your box of rocks, step over and just move on. Forget your past hurts. Forget your past mistakes. Forget the things you've done in the past that were painful or expensive. And like Jimmy said, you know, it's it's vast majority of what we do, we did well. Mm-hmm. So just don't be afraid, you know, don't be afraid to make the decision. And sometimes it's a hiring decision or a termination decision. There's times when you have to decide that somebody's just not on the right seat on the bus. And no matter how hard do I try to get them in the right seat, it's just not working. I've got to pull the trigger and uh, just move forward. 
Look, there were a lot of strategies and great theories here. Uh, let me see. What was that math problem? Let me see. It's going to cost me this much divided by my gross margin. There's my break even on that higher. If you want any of that stuff, believe you me, Frank and Jimmy and Al would be more than happy to get on the phone, do some email chats with you and help you through any of the think that happened on this particular episode. I thank you so much, Frank Scandura, Frank's European Las Vegas Nevada, and a Transformers coach outright, John's Automotive, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. You got some snow out there, don't you? Yes, we do. Not much. A lot of it's melted, but it's uh, it's still chilly. All right. And Jimmy Elluria, 3A Automotive and Diesel Repair in Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, our legacy is to continue to constantly advance the aftermarket. So thank you for your contribution and to you, my listener, for listening every week. Thanks. Bye. Have a great day. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.